Hello, I'm Greg from MKFM. I present Duns on Saturday, every Saturday afternoon with Toby Locke from the MK Citizen. That's me. Um, you're the sports editor of the MK Citizen. We do a show one till three every Saturday. We have to record it in advance because we can't get to Macclesfield if we finish at three o'clock, even if we knock off a little bit early and I pre-record the weather at like 2.59. But that basically just means you guess in of it's, it's, what's the rest of the afternoon going to be like? It's going to rain. Well, I don't have to guess a minute in advance of saying it. You never know um, that, Greg. The, we're still not going to make it to Macclesfield in time. So we record this a day or two in advance and then we podcast this so you can listen to it at your leisure because you may also be on the way to Macclesfield. Between yeah, I mean, ideally you're listening to it either in the car or on the train. No, ideally for me, they're in the bath. That's a bit odd, Greg. Here's a radio tip. Always imagine the listener so you know who you're talking to. So when I'm doing this with you, I'm imagining um, someone in their bath. Why are you imagining them in the bath? Because Bubbles, little MK Don's branded duck <laughs> floating along. Right, but this guy... Yes. Why, I, I don't understand why you're imagining a guy in a bath while you're looking at me. Where do you listen to podcasts? You're going to say I don't. Well... <laughs> I mean, I do, but normally when I'm running. Oh, okay. I'm going to imagine you running when I do it, though. I wouldn't do that either. That's mm. probably worse than a 40-year-old in the bath. <laughs> well, the podcast hasn't finished, but your run has, and then you need a bath. I'm still not going to be thinking about you when I'm in the bath. Here's some sports news, by the way. Wow, this is new for this show. Um, there's an Italian team in Milton Keynes at the moment. I don't know what sport, but they've walked past this window twice, yesterday and today. Okay. But Italy are playing in the Six Nations, aren't they, at Twickenham? Mm-hmm. So I think the Italy rugby team is in Milton Keynes. Maybe that, it's cheaper. That could make sense. It's quite far away, though. And Twickenham is than... notoriously difficult to get to. I mean, it is closer than Rome. Yeah, I was going to say closer than Italy. But they're all in the same gear. Yeah. Um, although they didn't look like athletes. They looked like it could be the coaching staff or something. Well, they could also be here. I mean, I imagine the Italian coaching staff also you know hang around with the players mm, they were all looking in yesterday when i was doing them kfm drive four to eight monday to friday actually well, friday's four to seven maybe they were looking for a shout out maybe um i was going to comment about all these people on twitter having a go at me but we've talked plenty in this intro haven't we okay cool do you want to do that in the outro yeah so you can tune in to me uh justifying myself to lots of people on twitter uh, after you've heard all the highlights what you'll hear next is taken directly from highlights or just what we've said the whole show is a highlight, Greg. Yeah. Taken directly from Don's and Sassay, which will go out on Saturday from 1 till 3 on MKFM. Don's on Saturday with Greg Burnett and Toby Locke, MKFM. Hello, I'm Greg, joined by Toby Locke for Don's on Saturday. We're going to hear from Paul Tisdale, the manager, and Jake Hesketh as well this week, who uh, is one of those players that makes you feel old, isn't he? Well, he makes me, all of them make me feel old, but that's because I'm quite e- old. Even Livington? Yeah. Oh. Because I remember him when he was much younger. And that's how I that's how I like to remember Dean. Fair enough. Are you the same age as Dean Lewington? Uh I think I might be about six or eight months younger than him. Oh. But yeah, it's not far off. We uh talked to Paul Tisdale, the manager of MK Dons earlier this week, and we asked him if anybody is ready to come back from injury yet. Not quite. Not a great deal of difference from last week. Um making progress of course. Um but not a lot of difference from last week, so same sort of squad really. There you go. <laughs> Really appreciate uh, Fortis Dale's... Short and sweet, Paul. ...that bluntness, because that is the question that gets asked every week in every presser, probably across the country. Yeah, that's it. Everybody seems to have a weird obsession with who's available. Um, and we saw last year um, uh, uh, another manager had a massive blowout, didn't he, when 
fans started talking about injuries on social media. Um, and heaven forbid that happens again. So Paul Tisdale keeping his cards very close to his chest as uh, as we approach they, kickoff at the Moss Rose. They'll probably all be fit. Yeah, probably. Happen, they'll yeah. All, they'll all be fit. yeah, Robbie Nielsen used to do that as well, mm. didn't he? Saying, you know, people, oh, yeah, we've got no injury worries. And then you'd realise that someone was out for six months. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, there is a weird fixation with injuries, but... You know, <laughs> there's there's nobody fit for, who wasn't available last How week. How are you injury-wise? Uh, hamstring's still a bit tight. Shoulder's still giving me grief, but um, we've managed to finish the 1,000-mile ride from Land's End to John O'Groats, so jobs are good. Thank Congratulations. you. Talking all about MK Dons, who have uh, recently really turned things around. Four wins in a row now, which is really good for. Yes, yes, and the, and the cliche of football about always concentrate on the next game is a cliche because it's true. You know, and it's regardless regardless of how we've played in those previous games. It's about the three points we've got at stake on Saturday. So we feel a lot better for ourselves. The trap you can fall into is become complacent or think it's all going to be easy again. And actually, margins are so fine, and we've we've created those margins ourselves, and we have to com- continue to create those. And five in a row is going to be a massive statement. Yeah, absolutely, it is. Um, as you mentioned, I think putting those five green dots in a row on the form chart makes everybody go oh hello they're in they're in a purple patch here so to speak um it's massive it's it's not something dons have done since 2015 i think win five games in a row so that's a really remarkable feat um and if they're not in the automatic promotion spots with that it just shows how how tough the league is at the moment that's why we have you here toby for stats like that you're welcome thank you massive garage track massive mate from architects and nana your nan not your nan uh, no, my nan wasn't featured on this record, no. Different nans. I went to a garage night in Milton Keynes the other week. Oh, yeah, how good that's what it? I expected. I expected that, yeah. and I expected Craig David, and that uh-huh. was it. There's, I'd never heard of any of the songs. Oh, Greg, you I'm philistine. Young. <laughs> I'm young. I was. I missed Garage. How old were you in, like, 2000? Um, eight. Uh, okay, yeah, maybe. I'm, I'm willing to forgive you. But the UKG revival, mate, that's, that's when it should have all come back to you. I don't know what that is. Paul Tisdale will hear from the MK Dons manager. He'll know what UKG is. Yeah, Paul Tisdale will have stats on it. He'll know how to to improve it as well. (laughs) That's going to out of League Two. Macclesfield are who MK Dons are playing, but that in the syntax correct, so that sentence makes sense. All right, Yoda. (laughs) MK Dons are playing Macclesfield this afternoon, and they are managed by Sol Campbell, former England footballer, um, and also equally Paul Scholes has started managing Oldham, so there's a lot of lower league clubs too, uh, being managed by former England players. We asked Paul Tisdale his opinion on that. There's two things. That one is that those players and others have been given the opportunity, which is great, and probably more importantly, they're prepared to go in at that level and prove themselves. So, on both accounts, well done, everybody. Um, I think supporters, especially, but football generally, will always be keen to see how they get on because it's of interest, um, and. Uh, it, it can only be it can only be good for coaching generally that players who've got great experience playing and are given an opportunity and are prepared to to mix it in lower league football and uh, improve themselves. Um, so it adds also, I think fans want to go if there's like a famous. Yeah, um, of course it um, it does add to an occasion when you know that there's you know, sadly to say somebody famous is. Um, you know, going to be there, and Sol Campbell and Paul Scholes definitely, um, definitely tick that those boxes, don't they? And uh, but I think 
Paul Tisdale's right. You know, you look at the likes of Steven Gerrard and you look at Frank Lampard who have taken their first managerial jobs from the same sort of generation as Sol Campbell and Paul Scholes and they've gone straight in, you know, Derby County and Rangers. They're massive, massive jobs. Um, Steven Gerrard, of course, tipped to, to be the MK Dons manager a couple of years ago. But it's one of those situations where you think, would these big names be willing to risk it in League Two? And, you know, thankfully, I think, Paul Scholes and, and Sol Campbell have um, have rolled the dice. And, uh, you know, the proof will be in the pudding as to how good they are. I mean, Macclesfield are still in the drop zone, despite Sol Campbell taking over in um, in November. But, you know, we'll, we'll see how good their, their managerial skills are. It can be a risk because um, managerial positions often referred to as a revolving door, uh, which maybe MK Dons could do within the tunnel, a revolving door, because it would make less sound... Well, yeah, I mean, that interview did sound like somebody was storming off in an, in an angry huff the amount of times the doors were, go, were opening and, and slamming. But yeah, it was. Uh, I think Don's need a better place to, to hold those interviews rather than that strange little corner in the tunnel. If you want, we can do it here. We can make this just sound like uh, we are... Which, I mean, I could just storm in out. An MK in, Don's in, in an MK Don's interview, if you want. Yeah. One of the MK Don's players is up for an award this month. Usise is up for uh, PFA, player of the... Player of the month. month. There you go. Which is like is not the official. It's not the one. EFL one, um, but it is voted for by fans. Right. So that's that's kind of handy. We could have a player of the month. Yeah, absolutely. If we wanted. What you and me? Yeah. Okay. Who would you pick? Jake Hesketh, because I talked to him uh, yesterday, and so he's on my mind. Cool. Is that? Is, have you got some clips lined up for that? Yeah. Sweet. We'll do them in a bit. All right, a little bit more Paul Tisdale first. It's got to that stage in the football season where it's quite difficult to interview a manager before a match because there's not too much to talk about. Yeah, it's a weird time, isn't it? However, I'm sure this was his Portisdale's favourite question of the pre-match press conference. It was from you, Toby. The reason why I think it's his favourite is because it was the longest answer. And then even after we stopped talking, the mics went off. He carried on answering it to us in private. We've got a few players who are... um we know to be out of contract at the end of the season. Um, is this something you start to look at now or is it something you deal with at the end of the season? Truth is we discuss it virtually every week and we have done since probably August time. So the dynamic is, is always so sensitive you know, to when you talk about these things. Um, it's not always the players who are playing the best at the moment. Uh, the ones you talk to first. There's a, it's, it's a very complex it's the business, really. I mean, you're you're spending your money. You're you're spending your money on on as a manager. You're dividing up your budget and you're trying to work out what life will be like this coming Saturday because we have to win the game or we have to try to win the game, and also what life will be like in two years' time or something. So you're you're, you're balancing all those issues. So it, it's not it's not as straightforward as people would think. You're, you're dealing with people's lives, their their families, their mortgages, their 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 state of mind. So it's it's a it's a really tricky topic as, as a manager as a football club. It's a really difficult one to 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 balance all the time. So we've got some players who are on contract, some players who are out of contract, all in all the different particular um, positions in their career, or the, everyone's got a different moment. And uh, I just want all our players to do very well for themselves. And I can't you know you can't sign everyone all the time. But it comes down to value for money. It's not. It's not always a. It's not always a judgment on who you think's the best either. It's about, about value for money. Um, so it's, it's a really, it's a really complex. Um, it's fraught with danger. You can get these things wrong so easily. Um, but uh, I think we're in a good place. Players are all trying really hard. You can see that in our reserve game this week at Plymouth. The, the players who weren't played. Um, 
went down there and played and did really well applied themselves perfectly well and uh, it shows culturally we've got a, a very strong group so there's a lot of football to be played in the next couple of months some players will in, inevitably leave at the end of the season either they'll be let go or they'll be they'll be sold or they choose to leave whatever that's what happens but uh, I'm, I'm, I'm glad to say they're all they're a very good group together and they, all, they all have different moments in their careers at the moment different uh, stages but they all, they all try really hard together this is when I love Paul Tisdale I want him to be my manager like I loved hearing him talk really in depth stuff about football that we don't tend to hear about but did you notice that was about two and a half minutes of him saying I'm not going to tell you who's out of contract and I'm not going to tell you who's who, who's yeah. who's already signed deals for next season? Yeah, but I loved it. Yeah, right, it, was, we'll it, from... it was intense. Let's hear from Jake Hesketh, who I talked to earlier this week. Jake, you came into an MK Don side that was losing games and in a bad run of form, and it's all turned around. Life's much happier here at the moment. Yeah, obviously, ran a turn, came here. I was, saw it was two and seven or something like that, and obviously, to still be where we were in the league, that was showed the start the team had. So obviously, we need to turn that around and get back. Backfiring, which I think we've done the last three or four games, yeah. What do you think uh, resulted in that turn of form? Can you put it down to something in particular? Um, no, I don't think there's anything in particular. I thought we kind of pulled together as a group. We got back to almost basics, as you say, done the defence, defensive side of the game, and ground, more ground out results, and played how we wanted to play in certain games. And yourself, you've stepped down from League One to League Two. Is, have you found a big difference in that? No, I wouldn't say so. I wouldn't say there's much different in the standard at all, really. I think, obviously, there'll be some games in League One that uh, obviously you've got big teams like Sunderland, which is a bit different, but I think, on the whole, overall, the standard's very similar. I've thought it, I've always thought, you know, you're, when you let your imagination run wild in the bath about what you'd do... What for, is it with you and Bath? What, what, what you'd do if you were a footballer. Um, I've always thought, if I was, like, you know, Ronaldo-level of football, I'd drop down to League Two, just to have a laugh. Yeah, no, like you've already earned millions. You don't need the money. Back on the Paul Scholes topic, actually, when he retired from football, yeah, you know, he always said that it was his dream to play for Oldham because that's the team he grew up supporting. Now he's manager there, but you think Paul Scholes when he retired the first time in particular, why not just drop down and play for Oldham for a season? Do mm. it for no money. I mean, Oldham obviously can't afford his his massive wages. However, surely you just donate your time if you if you love football so much and you want to keep playing why not just give yourself a go I always thought like if I was Ronaldo or something and then because and obviously I support MK Dons I'd drop down and help MK Dons out oh is this after you've won all the Champions Leagues yeah. for Real Madrid and yeah. Juventus yeah. we talk, caught up with Jake Hesketh earlier this week uh, let's hear the rest of my conversation um, and it's a, a promotion chase we're very much involved in and yourself have had big moments in games your goal recently as well I think that was voted goal of the month and player of the month um, that must have been great for you yeah obviously that's really nice I think to get a goal early Early on, like so, you're not leaving yourself waiting, kind of thing was nice. Setting me down a bit, and then allows me to just kind of go out and play my football. So I want to contribute as much as I can with goals or assists, and obviously defending from the front, different things like that. So to contribute to the team, hopefully towards the promotion chase is what I want to do. And before you were here up front, we had Reese Healy, who was a fan favourite. He did really well, and things developed that he didn't end up coming back you're sort of in a similar position and you've got that that flair and excitement that you bring did you feel like there was a pressure to replace him and do better than him no I don't think so I think see with different players which I never met him I'm, I've seen clips of certain games through the analysts and I've seen bits I play but I think obviously he brought obviously goals as you said but I think with different players so I think 
that's how it is kind of thing. Um, Macclesfield on Saturday, the chance to make it five wins in a row, that's a real statement because the last form, you look at the last five, right? And yeah. uh, <laughs> I know that. <laughs> uh, and if it's all green, it's all wins, that is a big statement to the league. Yeah, that's a big, yeah, as you said, a big statement. Obviously, people do look at that sort of thing. And if you see five wins in a row, that's obviously massive to teams, obviously, above us who we're trying to chase down. If they see us keep winning, that builds pressure on them, and that's all we want to do. Are you looking at those three teams above after the game finishes to see how they did? I mean, you'd be lying if you said you weren't. I don't. I think before the game, we just focus on our game. Once we get in with the three points, and it's like, oh, how have the others got on kind of thing. Obviously, they've done well. I mean, Burry dropped points on Tuesday, was it? So that was obviously a positive. So we just got to keep winning games. My only criticism of Jake Hesketh, lovely guy, pronounces Berry Burry. Okay. Is that... I mean, right? if that's literally your only criticism of him, then... <laughs> is, he, is he right? Am I wrong? Probably. Don't know. Dons on Saturday with Greg Burnett and Toby Locke, MKFM. What a great podcast. Show slash show. Yeah, it was great, wasn't it? This is the podcast outro, so this again isn't going out on air. Uh, this is just for you, exclusive. Um, and I've got a bit of... Well, I feel like I need to justify myself. I know what you're going to say, so so if you go through it, and I'll I'll explain what I think has happened. So you tweeted a quote from Jake Hesketh's interview, which mm-hmm. we've just heard in that podcast, and got a lot of abuse about the question that was asked. And by a lot, I mean three. Well, the thing is, I don't think I've helped you with the tweet that I put out. Right. Which has been a theme this week. Um, because the question that I stated in there to be able to fit it into 200 and whatever characters it is, yeah. was Jake Hes- well, does Jake Hesketh see the similarities between himself and Reece Healy? That's not exactly the question you asked, is it? No. You asked about the pressure between... Uh, does he feel pressure to live up to the expectation that Reece Healy came in with? Yes. I didn't have enough cre- uh, characters for that, to put in that and the, and the picture and the quote. And then people have absolutely caned that question. <laughs> When that wasn't even the question that you asked. <laughs> I know. I mean, totally different players. Why would you ask? Laughing emoji. Uh, and I like, who asked the question? Uh, Someone said, if anything, that makes the question even more ridiculous. Because T- Tiz had previously <laughs> talked about it. Well, not well, really, because put, this is what Jake thinks, but yeah, okay. Someone else has put ridiculous question. Um, Again, they up, don't know what the question was. Lazy question. Only asked because they're the best we've had this season. <laughs> That's what someone's foot. Right, yeah. Because um, it's typical for people to be lazy when they're asking questions to footballers. Yeah, of course. Can I just big up to John Samuel, who said reasonable question, in my opinion. But again, it's not my question. <laughs> it's the question you've written. Yeah. Um, and, but I even said that in one of the responses. Uh, you don't know the actual question that was asked. Um, but uh, my point is, okay, I'm not a sports journalist. Equally, I didn't know until a... Not even a second before that interview that I was doing it, a second after that interview had started. A minute after that interview had started that I was doing it. And similarly, that wasn't the question you asked. That wasn't the question I asked. And afterwards, everyone there, bragging, went, oh, that was a good interview, Greg. Yes, that's because so, it was, Greg. But what people seem to fail to realise is when you, when you do interviews, it's not about the question, it's about the answer. No one's there to listen to you and me ask questions unless you're a freak to listen to want to listen to you and me asking questions. You want to get the answer from the footballer, from the manager. That's why, you know, after a game, you say, Paul Tisdale, you've won. You must be happy. And then Paul Tisdale talks about his feelings after the game. You don't, you know, of course he's happy. Yeah. Of course he's happy. What a stupid thing to ask. But you have to ask the question to get an answer. 
Right. I feel like slapping people I'm for, just, when they say, oh, it's a stupid question. Yes, all questions are stupid. I feel like I've justified myself now. I, well, I, I feel like I'm going to go and smack someone who says, what a stupid question. What a stupid tweet to ask. Um, <laughs> you're a lot angry Told. about this. Oh, Twitter's annoyed me this week. Um, right, so let's just wrap up quickly. Before I punch something. <laughs> thank you for listening, be you in the bath or running or whatever you're doing. Yeah, thank you. Why well, don't you let us know, at MKFM on Twitter, let us know uh, what you're doing whilst you're listening. Are you in the bath? Yeah, why not ask us some stupid questions? Secondly, uh, we had Conor McGrandles on before, we've had George Williams. We have, it's like all but confirmed mm. that we've got, uh, we won't name the player just in case it changes or something, but yep. we should next week have another player in the studio uh, with us. Thirdly, we finish the podcast with a clip every week and as we've been talking about me asking stupid questions supposedly here's toby's question immediately after i'd asked what was deemed as a stupid question while well, i asked david Riller what his favorite shop was in milton Keynes. um back on football 